Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Michael Fields here again for another Wednesday evening Bible study. And as I always say, it is a joy to be able to come into your homes, right in your living room, wherever you are in the house, or you may even be in your car or at work, and you are watching us via live stream or you're listening to me. Uh, via the telephone. It is my honor and my joy uh, to touch base with you, to connect with you as we go into the word of the Lord. And uh, we have been, as you know, in the series uh, talking about holiness is still right. And tonight is part seven of that series yet. Uh, We've been doing this for a while and I don't know about you, but I have been enjoying this series. Before we begin, Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we are so grateful for your goodness, for your grace and your mercy. We ask, oh Lord, certainly for forgiveness of anything and all things that we may have said or done, anything that's not right in your sight. I ask, oh God, that you would touch every heart, every mind as we go into this session on tonight. We've been learning so much and certainly we're grateful for your word. Touch everyone that's already online and those who will be tapping into this lesson during the course of our teaching. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Holiness is still right. And tonight we're going to be talking about cultivating uh, holiness in our lives. We'll be dealing with how to apply holiness to our lives. And yes, we have been in this series Uh, I'd say for the past six weeks and been having a good time. And tonight will be part seven uh, of our series entitled Cultivating Holiness in Your Life. Um, And I believe we would all agree if I said that sin uh, is an infection, Uh, not only uh, is an infection, but sin continuously knocks on the door. Uh, After we've been delivered, uh, because we're still in our flesh, sin will attempt to rise. And it's up to us as people of God to resist, uh, to push away. And we've been talking about those things uh, during this six week or so series that we've been dealing with. Um, And of course, everybody needs to be saved. We all need salvation. Uh, That means get saved, stay saved. Uh, And when I say saved, I know today we have to be specific. When I say saved, I mean being filled by the precious gift of the Holy Ghost and being led by the Spirit as well. And we've already discussed at length uh, that we cannot live wholly on our own strength. It's impossible to do it within my flesh. I have to allow the spirit of the Lord to lead me and guide me. The Bible says he will lead me and guide me into all truth. Yes, he will lead us and guide us into all truth. Uh, And I believe that. Let's go uh, into Isaiah before we go into our foundations uh, scripture. Um, Isaiah chapter six. I'm going to read verses one two and three. It says these words, familiar words. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high 
and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. Which twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Three words I want you to remember out of what I read just now out of Isaiah. Holy, holy, holy. Uh, Isaiah verse number three, chapter six, provides, I would say, the most potent declaration uh, was the prophet Isaiah uh, at the moment of his calling into the ministry, he received a vision of the Lord after King Uzziah died. He said, it was then that I saw the Lord uh, and the vision that he is given, uh, the throne and the seraphims are praising God on either side of the throne. And this is what they're saying. The seraph is saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts and the whole earth is full of his glory. So I don't just want to brush past the fact that uh, there is emphasis on the word holy. Uh, the prophet Isaiah, at the moment of his calling, right? Uh, he wants us to know that I saw the Lord uh, and his observation was God is holy, holy, holy. Uh, no, no. Um, understand the seraph had to employ the word holy three times in order to capture the depth and the breadth of God's holiness. This, this was beyond his, his humanity. This, this was something uh, incredible to him. And in order for him to emphasize what was going on, he says holy three times. Listen, if you were going to describe someone, uh, and I have in my notes, uh, if, if I say to you that I saw this guy and he was huge, 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 you would get the picture. Well, this was not just an ordinary big guy. He he had to be astronomically huge. And this is what the prophet wants us to know. He says, listen, this thing is beyond my conception or beyond my uh, belief or even beyond my interpretation of what holiness is. Uh God is holy, holy, holy. Uh, and, and the prophet is saying, listen, this is stretching all the boundaries of my imagination. Uh, now, whatever you think of when you hear that God is holy, he's much more than that. Hallelujah. As much as we've been talking about holiness, it's much more than that. The Holy Ghost I should say, I'm sorry, the holiness of God is so much more than what we can fathom in our minds. He's much holier than you will ever think. Hallelujah. He is holy. And even that, and saying holy, 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 that's not enough to describe the holiness of God. How great is the holiness of God? Uh, great enough to fill the entire earth. The whole earth is full of his glory. The Lord of hosts is holy, 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 and the earth filling and gloriously holy. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. So what is holiness? And we've talked about it um, before we dig into cultivating and applying it. Holiness, uh, of course, is righteousness in action. 
and when you put all of the things together that we've talked about, there can only be one conclusion, uh, that the Lord of hosts, that this God that we serve, he is the sum definition of what it means to be holy. And we are striving, uh, we are striving every day to be holy because God is holy. Why does holiness matter? Uh, and to some today, it, it doesn't. Uh, sorry to say, to some today, holiness is just something to talk about. Uh, but uh, at this point, if you're anything like me, um, you're, you're thinking, all right, I, I understand God is holy. How, how, do I, how do I get to that place where I'm, I'm holy? as he is uh, at least striving to walk in this holiness that God has described or prescribed, I should say. Uh, how do we do this? Uh, and we've been talking about the doctrine of holiness uh, for six weeks now, uh, and, and God is in the center of everything. And here we are, New Testament church, and I want you to know God is still in the center of everything. Uh, and he gives us uh, Christ, our Messiah, as an example of what holiness is all about. If you want to know how to live holy, follow the life of Christ uh, and obey his word. Uh, there is no perfect individual, uh, but we are following the perfect man, the perfect son, uh, the son of God. His name is Jesus. I want to be like him. Uh, there's a song, and I always go back to those old songs, to be like Jesus, to be like him, oh, how I want to be like him, uh, so meek and lowly, so high and holy, how I want to be like him. Listen, uh, we're striving to be like him. Uh, what would life be without holiness? Listen, without the holiness of God, I have in my notes, there would be no divine anger with sin. If there was no holiness, uh, there would be no one to get upset about what is going on that is wrong. People would just do whatever they want to do. And listen, there are some of us left that still believe that holiness is right and sin offends us, whether it's the sin in someone else's life or the sin that's in our own life. Without the holiness of God, I have in my notes, there would be no uh, perfect son that was sent for an acceptable sacrifice for our sins. Uh, if God wasn't holy, uh, he would not have bothered to send Jesus, his only son, to die for our sins. Without the holiness of God, there'd be no vindication of the resurrection. Without the holiness of God, there'd be no final defeat of the enemy. Hallelujah. So holiness is very important. What if the God we served was not holy? What if he did not require holiness? Without the holiness of God, there'd be no hope. There'd be no new heaven, a new earth promised. Hallelujah. Yes, uh, it's really true that the biblical story would not be a biblical story. It would just be a fairy tale. If God was just like anybody else, any other God, but he said, I'm the only God and I am holy. And understand, because uh, make this even more practical for you, God's holiness impacts us uh, 
uh, it impacts our lives in three ways. God's holiness is not our holiness. Our righteousness, according to Isaiah, is as a filthy rag. Hallelujah. Every time I try to do it in my flesh, I fail. So I need his holiness, his righteousness imputed upon me, and I have to follow after him. So there are three areas of my life uh, that holiness impacts in three shaping ways. Let's talk about this before we talk about the application. One, holiness provides comfort. Listen to my notes. In a world that seems so out of control, that seems so evil, where wrong seems to be rewarded and right often seems to be punished, it's vital to remember the holiness of God, which simply means it may seem like people are getting away with it, but God is too holy to allow it to just continue on. Every situation, location, or relationship that you have been in or now in and will be in is under the careful sovereignty of this holy God. He is completely, thoroughly holy. Hallelujah. So uh, sometimes you have to preach to yourself over and over again. Evil is not in control. No matter what's going on in this world, I refuse to believe that evil is in control and injustice does not rule because of God's holiness. No, uh, corruption is not king. Satan will not have the victory over my life. God is and will always be worthy of my trust and my praise. And he is, say it with me, he is holy. Uh, so with holy power, he will defeat, defeat rather every evil thing that was created in our lives. He will defeat it, whatever sad, whatever we need to be delivered from, he will defeat it. If, if we walk up back underneath his, his holiness, and I'll be, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say it's, it's not easy all the time. We're talking about it, but it's not easy. It's, it's easier said than done. Don't let anybody fool you and tell you that this way is easy. Uh, even Paul said, there's a war going on in my members. But I have this comfort that because of the holiness of God, whatever's wrong, because of his holiness, he will not leave it the way it is. It's, and that my friend, gives me comfort. So holiness, uh, it's shaping me uh, because he provides a comfort. And uh, the second way holiness shapes me, uh, not only does he provide, his holiness provide comfort, but his holiness induces rebuke. Holiness induces rebuke. Let me read a scripture and make it even plainer. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5 this is what happens after Isaiah realizes that he's looking at the, of the holiness of God, his majesty. He's high. He's lifted up. His train fills the temple. He hears the seraphim saying, holy, holy, holy. And this is what the preacher says. He says, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of Host. So look at the prophet's response uh, to this startling vision uh, that he sees. Woe is me. Woe is me. Look at me. I'm, I'm lost. I'm a man of unclean lips. 
Yes, and I'm dwelling in the midst of a people with unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the king. Uh, he, he um, Listen and notice, uh, it was a wonderful moment, but he's, he's not saying, oh, wow. Uh, you know, he's caught up in the fact that I'm not measuring up to good in the presence of God. When you compare me to the holiness of God, he said, there's a problem here. I'm a man of unclean lips. Uh, and, and listen, uh, there's a revelation in this because sin does not always appear to be sin to us. No, this is why people continue and, and without any kind of regret, uh, because it doesn't appear to be, oh, there's nothing wrong with what I said, nothing wrong with what I did. But uh, the prophet is in the presence of God. Uh, he's in the midst of all of this holiness. And he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. He's blown away. He said, I need to get myself together. Uh, he, he realizes his brokenness. Uh, he realizes how morally separated he is from this God uh, that he's supposed to be serving. Uh, he comes face to face with the holiness of God. Hallelujah. Uh, and he says, this is a disaster. I'm a mess. Uh, and because of this, um, he understands there's a problem. I need to get closer to God. I need to measure up to God's word, line upon line, precept upon precept. Listen, it's the holiness of God that tells us that since we can't escape ourselves, <laughs> I need a savior. It's the holiness of God. I can't, I can't escape myself. Every time I wake up, I'm inside myself. I'm in this body. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of sin? Hallelujah. We need a savior. Uh, who shall deliver me? Who can do what we can't? Who can rescue us? Sometimes in, in my prayer, I'm asking God, Lord, deliver me from me. Hallelujah. Never mind praying about what he said or she said or what they did. You better start praying concerning you and say, Lord, help me with me. Deliver me from me. Hallelujah. You simply can't consider the holiness of God without also mourning your sin and crying out for the grace of Jesus. Hallelujah. You can never uh, get in his presence or have an encounter with him uh, and never come cognizant of the fact that I need God in my life. And this is what's happening to the prophet. He gets in the midst of all this holiness and he said, I'm unclean. Holiness also defines calling. Because holiness is the essence of God's character. It becomes our calling as his children by inheritance. That was powerful. Peter says, and I'm reading out of 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 out of the ESV uh, version of the Bible. He says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Don't go backwards. But as he who called you is holy. You also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy. King James Version simply says, be ye holy. It is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Here's the best way to understand it. I'm reading out of my notes. You are holy and you have been called to be holy. 
If you are God's child, you stand before him as righteous because the perfect righteousness of Jesus has been given over to your personal account. Hallelujah. You can't do this. You don't have enough money for this. You can't handle it. So he opens up an account called salvation and he puts all this in here. Remember that song? Jesus paid it all, all to him. I owe. And he's still paying. He's still taking care. He's still washing away. He's still cleansing. Right. Uh, so and I'm still going through the process of being set apart. Pushing away my flesh. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So to say that I'm holy, then saints of God, and remember this, we're rehashing says that I've been set apart unto the Lord and I have been called and here's a part we haven't touched and we're going to deal with it. I have been called to holy living. Yes. And listen to this. This means that between the already of your conversion. I've already been, I've already been to the water, already been baptized, already been filled with the Holy Ghost, right? So we have a whole lot of already in our conversation. I've already tarried. I've already received the Holy Ghost, right? Uh, but uh, there's a not yet. I haven't made it into glory yet. Have you made it into to glory? Not yet. No. Uh, so although I've already been saved, I haven't made it into glory yet. Right. So there's two things about me. I've been saved already, but I haven't made it into glory yet. No. Uh, so this is why say it with me. This is why obedience matters. This is why obedience, following the word, obeying his word matters. Every thought. Hallelujah. Every desire, every word, every choice and every action must be done in the spirit of surrender to the commands of God. I'm going to say it again because we've already been saved, many of us, but we haven't made it into glory yet. We're not in heaven yet. We're not face to face with him yet, but we're on our way. We are striving. So this is why obedience matters. And I know we struggle with this. And when I say obedience, I'm not talking about doing what people say. I'm saying um, obeying what his word says, obeying what he says to you. So uh, every thought, every desire, every word, every choice, every action must be done in humble surrender to the commands of God. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. So uh, so as you consider this, uh, we have to take time to remember that God never calls you to a task without enabling you to do it. No matter how great the struggle, uh, he will always enable us. He will always make a way of an escape. He'll enable you to do it. And some of us do have struggles. I'm, I'm cognizant of that. And I hear you talking back to me. Some of us are struggling with this. Um, but here's something that that just came to me. Is it that we're struggling? Is it that we're struggling with or we're fighting against? Um, because we, we've been talking about desire. Um, and here now, because we, we're coming up to the plate, to the portion where we're going to talk about applying it. 
But we have to come to a place now because we're talking about we've been called to this. He called us into holiness. And it's a great call. It's a challenge to me. Yes. And it and a lot of times it may even go against my own personal desire, my own personal uh, stuff that I have in my mind. Uh, and just to put it even more plain, it wrestles against even the lust of our our passions or, you know, uh, because the Holy Ghost is saying no and your flesh is saying yes. And Paul understood it. He said, I had to learn how to mortify the deeds of my flesh. And it's not always something sexual. It's not always something like that. It, it could be a, just a temptation to give up, to walk away. I'm tired of this. Uh, and Paul said, I had to put that to rest. I had to learn how to put it to rest. Uh, and what he's actually saying, I had to learn how to say no to that and yes to God. I had to learn how to. So I'll say it one more time. Every thought, every desire, every word, every action, every choice, we have to learn how to put it under and humbly surrender to the commands of God. And as we consider this, that God never calls us to do something that he's not able to enable us to do, which means he can and will enable us to perform and to do his will. So even the strength is not my own strength. He will give us the strength to carry out his work. That's powerful. So all of this that I said, all of the things that I just mentioned should move us to celebrate the holiness of God celebrate his holiness. That's what I said. Yes. Celebrating his holiness is more important than anniversaries. Celebrating holiness is more important than pastor's anniversary. Church anniversary is, is better than choir anniversary. We need, when we come to church, even in our homes, we need to celebrate holiness. Uh, and, and so think about where's this discussion, these six weeks, where's this discussion of holiness leading us to. It should lead us to a celebration in our hearts, our minds, our spirit uh, concerning God's holiness and holiness in our lives. And I realized also, I want to tell you something, when we start getting into the word and receiving the word, the enemy is going to fight us in the areas of our weakness. But don't give up on God and don't give up on yourself. Continue to walk in holiness. And we've talked about things that need to be done. So while we're going through cultivating uh, holiness in our lives, you're going to see that I'm going to hit some of the things that we've been talking about in this series, right? Um, when we walk in God's holiness, it decimates uh, our autonomy, with our grown selves. And when we walk in and we're humbling ourselves, it's killing our autonomy. That's when you realize he that you're not the boss. I'm not the boss. When I get up before the people, I say, I praise God, give God praise and glory. And I praise him because he is the boss, right? It decimates our self-sufficiency. Without him, I'm nothing at all. Uh, and it should drive me into the arms of my Savior. Lord, I need you. I can't do anything without you. And I'm celebrating 
holiness. I'm not ashamed of holiness. And I'm striving uh, to remain in a holy place with God. Is it easy? No. Don't let anybody fool you and tell you, oh, it's easy. It is not easy. Uh, and I will say, though, it becomes easier as uh, you relinquish yourself more and more to the will and the ways of God. Um, so this is where now I'm going to I want to get into what I call I, I made up while I was getting ready for this lesson. I made up a word. It's called a phrase, I should say. It's called the everydayness of holiness. And I know you won't find the word everydayness in the dictionary. I just made it up. This week, uh, it came to my heart while I was studying. I was sitting on my couch going through my notes and I, um, my wife was sitting in a chair next to me and I just, and it came to my mind, the everydayness of holiness. Uh, tied in the everydayness of holiness, cultivating holiness in my life, applying the principles. How do I apply the principles of this holiness we've been talking about for these past six to seven weeks, how do I apply it? And how do I step into the everydayness of holiness? Say it with me. It's a catchy phrase. Uh, the everydayness of holiness. As a matter of fact, hashtag, put a hashtag in the comment uh, section and, and say hashtag the everydayness of holiness. The everydayness of holiness. Now we're going to get into this now, applying the principles of holiness. Titus chapter 2, this is our foundation scripture. Verses 11 through 15, listen, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. I want you to live holy now. I want you to be holy now. In this present world, I want you to be holy. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. So here is Paul talking to young pastor Titus, uh, who has been given a command. He's preaching to the Christians. And he's at one point he's, he's, he's upset because he's in the midst of people that really at, at some point didn't were acting like they didn't want to live holy. They didn't want to do uh, none of what he was preaching. And Paul reminds him earlier in, in the book that we were just like they were. We, we didn't always do the right thing, uh, but he saved us. Yes, he saved us. So keep preaching the word, stand in front of them and keep telling them holiness is still right and tell them uh, that they have to come to a place, teach them to deny ungodliness. Yeah, teach them that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts uh, will bring you to a place where you can live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. He's telling them, let them know you can live holy. You can live holy. Let's touch yourself and say, I can live 
wholly. I can't. He said, God brought you salvation, right? And he and that salvation, that word uh, that I've been preaching and teaching uh, is is that word that teaches you to deny ungodliness, to say no to the enemy, to say no to yourself and say, I want to please God. Yes. Uh, being godly in this present world, as bad as the world is, I want you to live godly. As bad as this world is, I want you to remain holy. Hallelujah. So now we want to get into, all right, so how do we apply this? How do we do this? And the first thing we have to do is know and love the word of God. Say it with me. I've got to know and I've got to love the word of God. Um, so the word of God, the scriptures, the word of God is God's primary. Listen to me. The primary road to holiness is in the word of God. Primary. God's primary road to holiness and spiritual growth. We talked about the growth last week uh, is found in God's word. Uh, with the Holy Ghost uh, as my master teacher, the Holy Ghost as my master teacher, the Holy Ghost as my master teacher blesses me as I read his word, as I follow his word, as I search God's word. Hallelujah. Listen, this is what Jesus prayed. Uh, John 17 and 17. This is what Jesus prayed concerning you and I. He says, sanctify them in the truth. Sanctify them. This is this is the Lord's prayer. We say our father who art in heaven is the Lord's prayer. No, that was when Jesus was teaching us how to pray. But this is what Jesus prayed concerning us. The Lord's prayer, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And Peter and talking to the church, he says, first uh, Peter two and two, like newborn infants, Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. First Peter two and two. Now uh, consider these words. Uh, consider these words in Proverbs, the second chapter, verses one through five, where um, Solomon says, "My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee." So shalt thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Uh, and here, this is where I'm going to go a little old school with you, because what this passage is really talking about in Solomon's wisdom, he's talking about searching and looking for knowledge. Uh, so if I apply that to us today, uh, what he's the, the principles of a serious personal Bible study. Remember, because the first process of application is knowing and loving God's word. So we got to get into God's word. We cannot afford, you cannot afford to read God's word once a week, only on Sunday. And now that we're shut in, some are not even reading it once a week, right? Uh, because we can sit in our homes and watch everything. No, uh, 
I'm not talking about letting somebody just read something to you or hearing it. Get into your Bible. Search the word. Because this is what uh, the book of Psalms is saying. Get into the word of God. Search for it. Serious personal Bible study. I know we meet every Wednesday, but you ought to have a time where you sit down with the word personally. Just you and God's word. Right. Uh, Listen. Teachability, receiving God's words, obedience, that's storing God's commands. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So I'm reading it and I'm becoming teachable and I'm storing what I'm learning in my spirit. And because I'm storing it, I'm developing discipline. That's when I start applying it to my heart and certain disciplines now are being manifested in my life. And uh, right in this passage, we also get uh, the feeling that Solomon is saying, then there ought to be a dependence. I'm not satisfied with what I know already. I'm crying out for more knowledge. I want more of his word in me. And Uh, So much so until I'm persevering, I'm searching like I'm on a treasure hunt. I'm in his word and I'm looking for the nuggets. Hallelujah. I'm looking for God to speak to me through his word. So uh, listen, I have in my notes, do not expect growth in holiness if you only spend a little bit of time alone with God. And if you don't take his word seriously, when you are plagued in your heart uh, with with this lackadaisical spirit. Hallelujah. You're, you're putting yourself in, in places of temptation uh, to pull away from the holiness of God. Get into the word and let his word teach you how to live a holy life. So the first part of application is getting into his word, knowing and loving the word of God. So say, if I want to be holy, I've got to know and love the word of God. The second one, uh, and we're talking application, the everydayness of holiness, cultivating holiness in my life. I have to consider myself dead to sin and alive to Christ, dead to sin and alive to Christ. And let me put it to you this way. Have you ever seen a dead person answer the telephone? So look at it like this. When sin calls, when sin calls your phone number, dead people don't pick up the phone. So when sin calls you because you're dead to sin, I can't answer the phone. I only pick up the phone when Jesus calls, (laughs) when the word of God is calling me. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Uh, And I have been called into holiness and I'm considering myself dead to sin and alive to Christ. Romans 6 and 11. Let's let's read this. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Listen, there's a theologian by the name of Martin Lloyd-Jones. He writes something very uh, interesting. Uh, Listen, listen to what he says. Uh, To realize this, what I just read, 
He's, Martin Jones says to realize this uh, take takes away from us all old sense of hopelessness, which we have known and felt because of the terrible power of sin. And he says, I can say to myself that not only am I no longer under the dominion of sin, but I'm under the dominion of another power that nothing can frustrate. And he's totally surrendered to the will of God. Uh, and he says, I have no strength in, with, in myself, but because I'm dead to sin, and I'm, I'm reminding myself, no, I'm dead to sin and I'm under the power of God. Now, listen, this is what Martin says also. This is not implying that because sin no longer reigns over us as believers, we have a license to forego our duty to fight against sin. So he's saying just because I said it doesn't mean uh, that you should, should. I'm getting tangled. You should just allow sin to run rampant and to pull you and push you. You still have to fight. You still have to fight. You still have to fight. And sometimes you have to fight your own self and say, no, I refuse to go against the will and the way of God. So um, listen to these words. There's another theologian by the name of Jerry Bridges that says to confuse the potential for resisting sin with the responsibility for resisting. Right. Um, and he's saying we have a responsibility to resist. God is not going to resist for us. He gives us the strength to resist. Isn't the Bible saying to us on one occasion, resist the devil and he will flee from you? Um, so there's a balance here. I'm following after God's holiness, but because I'm still in my flesh, I'm still warring. I'm still resisting. I'm fighting. Uh, but I'm and I'm proclaiming God's word. I am dead now to sin and I'm not going to keep answering this phone. I'm not going to answer the phone to sin. I'm going to hear the voice of God. And I have a responsibility on this end to resist. To resist. Hallelujah. So I'm seeking to cultivate a growing hatred to sin. I'm cultivating a hatred for sin. I'm dead to it. And I'm hating sin every day because sin is ever trying to pull me back. But I have a hatred for sin so much so that I won't answer the phone for. Him. I don't even want to talk to him. I don't even want to mess with sin. So um, I want to take you to this scripture in Genesis chapter 39. Verse nine, and this is this is a segment of, of Joseph's life. Joseph's life, uh, when he's in the midst of Potiphar's wife, and she's trying to seduce him, uh, and this is what he says, um, and he's 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 saying it out loud. He's speaking in his heart, speaking it out of his mouth, and sometimes you got to say it out loud so you can hear it. Uh, he says, there is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me. But thee, he's talking to Potiphar's wife, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Uh, he said, I'm more worried about God than Potiphar. Uh, and and I'm a, he's look at what God has done for me. Uh, and Potiphar's wife was coming for him. Uh, and he says, I know there's none greater in, in this house. Your husband has set me up big time, but 
if I do this, I'm, I'm sinning against God. He had to say it out loud. So uh, the person who considers himself or herself dead to sin uh, should always also include what's going on in their heart. Because sometimes there are heart idols. There are things that we are uh, attaching ourselves to that are pulling at our heart. I call them heart idols. Uh, so that's another hashtag. Hashtag get rid of your heart idols. Be careful of what you start attaching your desires to. Um, you know, pray for strength to uproot them and cast them out of your heart. Cast them out of your heart. So uh, what Joseph was doing, uh, he was guarding his heart. Uh, I can easily do this. Yes, but how can I sin against God? How can I sin against God? So uh, I have to consider myself dead to sin. Uh, the first one is I got to know and love the word of God. And I have to consider myself dead to sin. And here's one that we dealt with a few weeks ago. This is number three. and This is an application. How do I get involved in the everydayness of holiness? The everydayness of holiness. I'm striving now. This is number three. Striving for daily repentance before God every day. A daily life of repentance. Lord, forgive me for every thought that was not pleasing to you. Every action that was not pleasing to you. Um, never rise above, I have in my notes, never rise above the publican's petition. Always say, Lord, be merciful unto me. Right? Remember, um, Martin Luther said, uh, listen, this is something that Martha, Martin Luther said, another theologian. He says, um, God would have his people exercise lifelong repentance as long as you're breathing, as long as he's allowing you to get up every morning. Right. You ought to have a mind to say, Lord, I don't 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 want to do anything that's against your will. If you see anything that should not be taken away from me, believe that Jesus uh Jesus, hallelujah, can preserve me and he's willing to preserve me, but I have to be willing to humble myself before him and say, Lord, uh, I need more of you. Anything that's not right, make it right. And there are times when you know exactly what it is. Say, Lord, I, I'm, this is not right. I need you to take it away from me. I'm supposed to be dead to sin. So I'm striving every day for a daily repentance before God. Listen to what John says. First John four and four, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. But he who is in you is greater than he also who is in the world. Do not despair. You are strong in him, alive in him and victorious in him. Satan may win many skirmishes, but the war is yours. The victory is yours. The victory is yours. Strive for a daily day of repentance. Daily day of repentance. I'm going to say it again. A daily day of repentance. The next thing, number four, um, I'm going to cultivate holiness through prayer and 
work. I'm going to cultivate holiness through prayer and work. Pray and work in dependence upon God for holiness. Pray and work. Now we're not saved through works, but I'm not just going to pray, Lord, make me holy, make me holy, make me right, make me right, change my life, change my life. I'm going to put things in action. So if I'm saying, Lord, give me the strength to stay away from this, that, and the other, then I'm going to move in the opposite direction. Lord, help me to treat my neighbor right. Then I'm going to put my prayer, what I've been praying about, into action. Lord, teach me how to smile at people that uh, that have been mean to me, you know, uh, and God will give you the strength to crack that smile. Yes, he will. So I'm praying and I'm working. No one but God is sufficient to bring clean out of unclean. No one. Uh, and, and sometimes we're in a bad place. Sometimes we're in a bad place. You're angry. You don't like them. You want to get them. Uh, and, and, and here I am standing next to his word. Here I am in the presence of God. And it's, it's making me see how much damage, uh, how much damage has been done, how, how far away I am from him. Uh, and I need God to help me get to this, to this place. And here we are talking about applying all of this and I'm at a place now where I'm cultivating holiness. Uh, I'm praying concerning my weaknesses. I'm praying concerning this anger. I'm praying concerning uh, whatever it is. Uh, and I'm realizing that the only one that can get clean or that can get holiness out of all of this is God. That's what Job said, uh, chapter 14, verse 4. He said, who can bring a clean thing out of unclean? Not one. Hallelujah. So I've got to learn how to pray like David did in the 51st Psalm, right, where he says, create in me a clean heart. The only person that can do something with my heart is God. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And as I pray, I'm working. I'm striving to be better. Yes. Uh, there's a, there's, a, you know, every, every reformation has catechisms and testings and questions. Uh, and there's, there's catechism referred to as the Heidelberg catechism. Um, and question 116 now, and you know, cool JC, we only have like 56 questions. Uh, but this catechism has 116 or more than 116 questions. This is question 116. Uh, and in this question, it's pointing out that prayer and works uh, belong together. You can't just pray uh, and then get up and don't put your faith into action. Uh, it's like having two oars. Prayer is a left oar and, and putting your faith to work is the right oar. Uh, and if you only use one of those oars, you'll be rowing in circles. So I have to pray and work pray and work. If you pray without working or work without praying, you'll be rowing in circles. So even the Bible says faith without works is what? Is dead. Right. So if I'm praying about how to treat my neighbor right, uh, when I see my neighbor, 
uh, I shouldn't walk in the other direction. Uh, I should walk up to them. And I've been praying about this. I've been praying about, Lord, help me to do the right thing. So you open your mouth and say, praise the Lord. How are you doing? Uh, because I'm praying on myself. I want to be right. Never mind what they want. I want to be right. So while I'm praying, I'm cultivating holiness in my life and follow peace with all men. Holiness without no man shall see the Lord. Now we're applying it. And I'm not just praying, but I'm putting my prayer into action. I'm working. I'm praying and working. I'm not just rowing with one hand. Because if I do this, I'll be rowing in circles. But as I'm praying, I'm working. Holiness and prayer uh, have much in common. Holiness and work also has much in common, right? Uh, and we have to learn how to put our prayers into action. We have to act as though one, one scripture says, even when you pray, act as though God has already done it. Talk to him as though it's already been done. Listen, even when we don't reach the mark, uh, because I, I, I'm sometimes when we, we talk about holiness in this vein, uh, people get discouraged. None of us are perfect. None of us are there yet. We're all striving. We're all striving for perfection. Every single one of us striving for perfection. The next thing, this is number five, talking about applying holiness to our lives, the everydayness of holiness. The fifth one, and we talked about this a little bit previously in our other lessons, flee worldliness. You've got to flee worldliness. What does it mean to flee worldliness? Run, run, Forrest, run, <laughs> run. Remember that song, I'm running for my life. I'm running for my life, right? Uh, I'm running away from, from myself, from my sin. I'm running closer to God. If anybody asks you what's the matter with me, tell them I'm saved and sanctified, Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized. I've got Jesus on my mind and I'm running for my life. Run from it. We fight the flesh, yes. And I'm, I, don't, I, don't wanna, I don't want my flesh to dictate to me. And I'm running away from worldliness. I'm getting as, as far away from it as I possibly can. Listen, we must strike out against the first appearance of the pride of life, the lust of the flesh and the eyes, and all forms of sinful worldliness as they knock on the door of our hearts and minds. If we open the door and allow them to roam about in our minds and take a foothold in our lives, we are already their master. That was powerful. Listen, remember uh, the life of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. Uh, this is what Daniel says. They, they are expecting him now to eat the king's meat and drink the king's wine, right? Uh, come on, be just like we are. And Daniel, Daniel chapter one, verse eight, Bible says, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. I'm not going to do it that way. I know he's the king, 
but my fiduciary is to this God of Israel that I've been serving. And he's a real God. He's a holy God. And I will not defile myself. So listen, um, the material that we read, uh, the things that we watch on television, the things that we entertain, the things that we engage in, even the music that we listen to, some of the friendships that we form and the conversations we have affect our minds, affect our spirit. Yes, it affects the things that we dwell on and think on. Um, Philippians 4 and 8, remember these words? Finally, brethren, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's any worthy of praise, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Why would he have to tell the saints to focus on this and not on that? Uh, because there are influences. There are pressures. Yes, there are damaging things designed to pull us away from the holiness. But every day, right, we should have a mindset of fleeing worldliness and fastening our hearts and minds to the things of God. So we have to live apart from worldliness uh, and not of the world, not of the world that we are in. Remember Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here is the admonishment. Here is the challenge. We are to walk in the word. We are not to walk in the things of the world. Walk in the word of God. Walk in the light, that beautiful light. Walk in the light of his word. And as much as our witness shines before the world, the Bible says if we glorify our father before men, uh, we will be witnesses. We are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. And if we do these things, they'll glorify our father also. We'll lead others to Christ because we're allowing our light to shine. Somebody has to be holy. And it should be, it should be, it must be the children of God. I dare say if we don't want to live holy, we really don't want to be children of God. Listen to what the book of Psalms says. The very first Psalm, verses one and two. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. New Testament scripture, the book of Matthew, verses 14. And then I'll take you to 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a high, on a hill rather, cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. My Lord, I'm almost through. The sixth thing that we need to apply in order for us uh, to walk and function in holiness. The sixth thing uh, is 
seeking fellowship in the church, seeking fellowship in the church. And this might be just as controversial as the everyday repentance is, seeking fellowship in the church. And I say this is because there are, there are people who are more comfortable for some reason befriending and connecting to world worldly people or to people outside of, of holiness than they are with uh, having fellowship with those who are in the household of faith. Uh, but in order to cultivate a life of holiness, we should be seeking fellowship with other followers, other people that, that love the Lord just like we do. Something is wrong if you have more saved, unsaved connections than you do safe connections. And yes, I, I know people and have have uh, friends or acquaintances that, that don't have the Holy Ghost, uh, but I'm not connecting myself to them. Uh, and too many of the saints are, are connecting themselves to worldly elements and worldly relationships, and it's pulling you away. Listen, somebody's got to pull somebody. If you're not pulling them in, uh, you might be pulled out. This is why the Bible says, uh, be ye separated, come out from among them. So we, we should be seeking fellowship with other Jesus-only folk, other, other saved folk, other holy folk. Remember this? I don't know if you might not remember this saying, assimilation brings, association rather, association brings assimilation. If I hang out, uh, with this kind of people long enough, I'll start resembling them. I'll start acting like them. I'll start talking like them. Listen, people that gossip hang out with people that gossip. People that lie hang out with other people that lie. It's the truth. Birds of a feather flock together. So holiness people should hang out with holiness people. I want to be holy and you should be associating yourself with holy people. If you're going to have a mentor, don't, don't choose a sinner to be your mentor. Get somebody that's, that's living holy. Get a mother. Get a mother of the church that has a prayer life and connect yourself to them. Find, find a deacon that, that's been living holy and, and connect yourself to strength. Associate, seek fellowship in the church. Ephesians 4, 12, uh, and God has has put people in in your environment to help you. No, don't don't walk away from it. Don't put your nose up on it. Oh, what do they know? Um, a lot of the older saints that you see walking around, they've already been through some of the things you're going through. Yes, right. Uh, so associate with mentors in holiness. Find someone that can lead you. You do it for business. Yeah. You do it for other things. You do it for athletics. You find somebody that's going to going to train you. So you need a spiritual trainer, spiritual help, somebody you can be accountable to even seek fellowship in the church. I put people the Bible says I put people for your in your way for your perfecting, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, 
unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, my Lord. First Corinthians 11 and 1, be ye followers of me, even also as I am of Christ. So the church ought uh, to be a fellowship of mutual care, right? You're following. Paul said, don't follow me if I'm not following Jesus. But if I'm following Jesus, follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, and the Bible teaches us that the church, I have in my notes, should be a fellowship of mutual care and a community of prayer, a community of prayer. My God, a community of prayer. I want to read out of the book of Acts chapter two. Yes, I do. Um, because in the midst of, uh, and it's a good scripture to read because in the midst of persecution, while the church was going through many of the saints, some of the saints were losing their lives. Uh, and some were saying we ought to give up. Uh, and the apostles were still teaching holiness, still being steadfast uh, in the word of God. This is what it says, Acts 2 and 42. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowshipping and fellowshipping. They didn't fellowship with the world. They fellowship with one another. They develop strength in relationships. This is what they did. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and, and fellowshipping and in breaking of bread and in prayers. So they didn't just continue in the doctrine. He didn't close out. It was okay. They continued in the doctrine. He said, and they fellowshiped and they broke bread together and they prayed together. They were developing fellowship in the body, gleaning from one another, gleaning from one another. Sometimes we're too disconnected. And, and sometimes we, we put up our nose to people who can really help us stay in a place of holiness, right? Uh, you may have a young lady on one side of the church and an older mother on the other side. And it, and it may be that uh, I don't want to hear nothing the mother has to say, but that mother has been living in holiness for a while. We need to start bridging these gaps. We need to start coming together as a church family and foster a deeper sense of holiness. Seek fellowship in the church. This is the last one that I'm going to go through tonight. Um, the last one. I'm I'm we're, I'm fellowshipping with believers. I'm forging and and developing and gleaning. Um, we must have a fellowship. We must develop a kindred heart. We must come together as people of God, admonish one another, encourage one another, and minister to one another. Pray with each other and for each other, right? Uh, I may need your help. Yeah, I'm the pastor, but I may need your help. I need you to pray for me uh, because the battle is strong. Yes, the pressure is great, and all of us are going through, right? And the enemy is trying to pull us all away using different devices, different, you know, different things for different people, because your weakness may not be my weakness, but we all have one. Uh, and holiness is the challenge. And we need to come together in fellowship. 
and and even and even say to one another, you still living holy, you still praying, right? You still fasting. The last one is completely commit to God. Let's not half step anymore. I'm 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 applying this to my life. I want to be fully committed. It's an everydayness of holiness. Fully committed to God, not just the Sunday walk, but I'm fully committed to God every day. That means I'm living in present tense, presently, a total commitment to God. Present. Listen. Listen to my notes. Form habits of holiness. I'm forming habits of holiness by doing what? I'm pursuing harmony and symmetry and holy living. I'm seeking the things of God, seeking the more of God, right? Um, and I'm going, and these are the works, I'm, I'm going and indulging and rooting out the inconsistencies in my life. Uh, this is what uh, Paul says, even before you take communion, examine yourself. Why? Why? Because you know, you know, was to examine yourself, look at yourself. And this is this is applying. This is application. This is application. I'm, I'm completely committing myself to God daily. And every day I'm developing holiness habits, habits of holiness. And I'm pursuing harmony and symmetry and holy living, which means not only peace with God, but I'm following peace with men. I'm striving for this. And I'm endeavoring to root out all of the inconsistencies in my character. Uh, and I'm doing it by the grace of God, by the leading of the Holy Ghost. And I'm praying about it. Pray. Listen, you pray about what other people are doing. You pray about how other people are acting. Pray about yourself. Lord, if you see anything in me, and I said before, a lot of times you know exactly what's going on in your life. Lord, fix this. Fix it. I talk too much. I'm too negative. Say it out of your mouth. I want to uproot all of this that's not like God. By the grace of God and through his spirit, he'll give me the strength so God can help me with all of this so I can have the right mind, the right spirit, so I can walk in holiness. And I'm developing holy habits. Yes, I'm rooting out inconsistencies. And this is all the application of uh, applying my commitment to God. And I'm enjoying godly activities. I'm enjoying godly activities. I'm, I'm not going to do things or get tangled up in things and entertainment and stuff that's going to take me out of uh, the pleasure of God or move me away from the holiness of God. And um, I have in my notes, do not fall prey to the one more time syndrome, right? Uh, don't gamble with it. Oh, okay, I, I know I'm losing this battle, but let me do it one more. No, don't gamble with your salvation. Um, listen, I have in my notes, postpone obedience is disobedience, right? Like uh, uh, if she's watching this, she's, she's gonna say, oh, daddy, if I tell you to wash the dishes now, Go in there and wash the dishes. Oh, and you walk away and go upstairs to your room. 
and you don't wash them today is Monday. You don't wash them till Wednesday and you say, oh, daddy, I, I, well, I washed them. Postponed obedience. She's going to get me when I get home. Uh, postponed obedience is disobedience. Right. Listen. Holiness tomorrow. I'll live right tomorrow. Tomorrow's holiness is impurity now. Listen. <laughs> so I'm going to say it again. Postpone obedience is disobedience. Tomorrow's holiness, I'll get it right tomorrow. I'll live right tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised to you. So if you're putting off living holy for tomorrow, tomorrow's holiness is impurity now. Tomorrow's faith is unbelief now. Oh, I'll trust him tomorrow. Right now, let me let me put my trust here. Nope. If I say I'll believe him tomorrow, then you're living in unbelief right now. And anything outside of faith, the Bible says, is sin. So aim not to sin at all. My little children, first John chapter two, verse one. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. If any man sin, you have an advocate with the Father. Mm -hmm. I'm writing this because, and John says, I'm writing this because I don't want you to go back into sin. I don't want you to sin. I want you to live holy. But if you have fallen in sin, and he's talking to the church, if you have fallen in sin, you have an advocate with the Father. What are you saying, John? If you have gone in the wrong direction, you can come back to God and repent. Yes. And recommit yourself to God. We're talking about committing completely. Don't put it off for tomorrow. Putting off holiness for tomorrow is meaning that I'm impure now. Putting off obedience for tomorrow means I'm disobedient right now. Saying I'll trust him and believe him tomorrow means I'm living in unbelief now. So the aim is to come out of sin and stay out of sin and do it now. Remember that song, Get Right With God and Do It Now. Ask for strength. Ask God. We have to ask God for the strength to bring every thought that we have into captivity to Christ. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, casting down imaginations. That's the application. Why do I have to do this? Because I want to stay in a place of holiness. I don't want to be contaminated. So I have to pray and work, work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. Cast down imaginations every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bring that thought that you have to the word. Have the mind of Christ. If it doesn't match the mind of Christ, discard it. Throw it away. Because the word of God even indicates that my thought life has to reflect the character of holiness. My thought life. Right. And you always hear it. How's your love life? How's your love life? How's your love life? We ought to ask each other every now and then as people of God, how is your thought life? How is your 
thought life. Why? Because Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 23, this is what Solomon says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh, and Paul says, with my mind, I serve the Lord. So be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. By the renewing of your mind. And there's an old proverb, and I'm going to close out here. This is the last application. Because the war over your soul, the war over your life, the war over your actions, the war concerning you, it all starts here. And you have to commit your ways, commit yourself daily. We're dealing with the everydayness of holiness and applying it to our lives. And, and we've come to this part last. Uh, there's an old proverb that says, and I'm going to read the proverb for you. Old proverb that says, sow a thought and you'll reap an act. Whatsoever man sow, that shall he reap. So if you keep sowing the wrong thoughts, entertaining the wrong thoughts, right? And it's pulling you away from being committed to the holiness of God. Sow a thought, you'll reap an act. Sow that act, you'll reap a habit. Mm -hmm. Sow a habit, you'll reap character. Sow character and you reap destiny. So we have to sow the right thoughts and we'll reap the right acts. What's in your mind will eventually be acted out. Mm -hmm. And if I sow the correct actions, I'm walking in holiness, I'm applying the things of God, then I'll develop godly habits. And those habits that I'm sowing now, I'm living and I'm applying the things of holiness to my life, right? And it's developing now a holy character. I'm becoming like my savior. I'm, I'm being formed. Right. And I'm reaping those the character, holy character. Now I'm sowing holy character. I'm living rightly before the Lord. As you live rightly before the Lord, uh, you're sowing godly character. You're walking in the holiness of God and you'll reap destiny. Yes. So I have to do the right things. So I'll end up in the right place because Everything has a destiny. Sin has a destiny. Holiness has a destiny. Holiness without no man shall see the Lord. Sin, the wages of sin is death. That's the destiny. But the gift of God is eternal life. If I live right, he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. He that overcometh shall receive the crown of life. I want to... I want to reach the right destination and where I'm trying to make, where we're trying to make, where we're trying to get is face to face with our savior. So we're applying it every day. We're applying the principles of holiness to our life, walking in holiness, loving the word of God, doing the things of God, obeying his command, striving day by day, Hallelujah. In a life of repentance, cultivating prayer and work. Yes. Walking in holiness, doing it because we want to be pleasing in the sight of God. And we're fleeing worldliness. Yes, we are. And we're seeking fellowship 
in the church, among our brothers and sisters, forging and developing relationships, uh, being accountable to one another so we can comfort one another in the things of God, encourage one another to continue in this place of holiness. And we are completely committing ourselves to God. The Lord bless you. I don't want to keep you any longer with this. And I hope that you have learned something in this series. I'm really encouraged by this and I feel like pushing forward. So don't be surprised if there's a part eight uh, to holiness. We'll see what the Lord says, but I have been enjoying this. And I really do pray that your souls have been blessed as we have been talking about the holiness of God. I want to pray a prayer concerning things that we have talked about, concerning uh, giving ourselves completely over to the Lord. It is a challenge. It is a fight. Uh, The biggest fight we'll have is ourselves. Uh, But we can overcome. We can overcome. We can live holy. It is possible to walk in the holiness of God. With the Lord's help, with the Lord's strength, can't do it within myself, but it's by the power of God. Greater is he that's within us than he that's within the world. Touch that screen, won't you? Mm -hmm. Squeeze that smartphone. Let's pray. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for this another opportunity to come to your throne boldly. Lord, if you see anything in us that should not be, Father, please take it away. Help us. It will be all that you would have us to be, walking in holiness, living in holiness, praying in holiness. Whatever we do, do it in the midst of holiness. Hallelujah. Desiring to be more and more like you. Touch everyone that has connected with the lesson tonight. Touch us, Lord. Help us so that when you come, we'll be ready, standing in holiness, standing blameless before you. Help us, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, if you would like to give to this ministry, you would want to plant a seed. Brother Craig will put that on the screen for you. And of course, those of you who are watching and connecting from our sister church in the Bronx, New York, Refuge Temple Annex, you may give uh, or use Givelify. But we ask that you would plant your seed. If you haven't had a chance to pay your tithes over this weekend, uh, we would ask that you would do so now. Follow the instructions on the screen and plant that seed, won't you? We'll give you time to do so. And I want to thank you again for uh, connecting with us being a part of this Bible study. Those of you who have been weekly uh, coming uh, together with me to go into the Word of God. We appreciate your faithfulness and your commitment to God's Word. And we say to you, uh, if the Lord uh, say so, that we'll meet again, uh, if it's His will, on next week, Wednesday evening. So we ask that you would be careful, be prayerful, and be holy.